Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, March 15th edition of the Basement Academy. As we step into the Gymnasium of the Soul for a few minutes, uh, we want to begin with a morning psalm that um, is a good one to pray and remember, particularly in times such as we are living in, where we see things kind of in chaos around the world. God's in charge, all right? And so Psalm 75, for the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. Men tell of your wonderful deeds. You say, I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge uprightly. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm. To the arrogant I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift your horns against heaven. Do not speak with outstretched neck. No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down, he exalts another. In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praise to the God of Jacob. I will cut off the horns of all the wicked, but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up. Amen. When the earth and all its people quake, God holds the pillars firm. And so when we're watching world news, what's happening in Ukraine and in Burma and other parts of the world, it is distressing. But this is the history of the human family. We love to fight each other. From Cain rising up against his brother Abel and then sloughing off any responsibility for that, am I my brother's keeper? The human family, because of sin, because of what sin does to us, uh, we look at others as rivals, as competitors, as enemies. And so this is sadly the, the history of the world. But God holds the pillars firm. Okay, let's continue on with our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Let me read verses 13 and uh, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. We're familiar-ish with these words, I think. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so he has just... Jesus has just offered the Beatitudes. He's gotten us into this message. 
He's startled us a little bit with the repetition around persecution, the eighth beatitude, and then the reminder or the the, the blessing, the affirmation that when we're spoken against falsely, when we're insulted and when we're persecuted, we're blessed. Rejoice. This is how they treated the prophets who were before you. And then these words, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So what's going on here? So salt, as we know, has some primary purposes uh, and imagine a world without refrigeration, right? And so salt is used as a preservative. Because it's rubbed into the meat, it it protects and preserves that meat. It it extends the, the life of that, but it also gives flavor. Can you imagine um, a world without salt? <laughs> oh my goodness. We, we, in our house, you know, we sometimes may disagree on the amount of salt that should be in a particular, uh, in a particular dish, but, but salt is necessary. Salt is necessary for life. It's an image that is picked up in some uh, very interesting ways. In the Old Testament, there's language of the covenant of salt. There's, you know, not 100% sure what's going on there, but it might refer to meal uh, a meal that is shared in, in covenantal blessing. To be in covenant is to be in relationship. To share a meal is to be in relationship. You don't eat with those that you're at odds with, right? And so um, there is a, a covenant of salt uh, and, and certain sacrifices are, are made. They're to be salted. <clears throat> and so some implication of relationship uh, is, is connection there. Uh, Jesus elsewhere, that this phrase, if the salt loses its saltiness, uh, how can it be made salty again? That, that gets picked up, excuse me, in other places. Uh, in Mark's gospel, the ninth chapter, where Jesus is speaking about kind of a radical view that you take a radical approach to sin. You know, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, um, cut it off. And then he says, have salt in yourselves. And if the salt loses its saltiness, so he uses that same language, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. Perhaps the implication that our own sin may diminish the saltiness of, if we are the salt of the world, there's something in the life of the Christian that preserves and flavors the world, sin can diminish that, right? And so... The Christian is the salt of the world. Perhaps we're the ones by whom or through whom the covenant of God, the relationship of God is extended to the world, right? So there's a a witness aspect to this. Kind of drawing on some of those Old Old Testament themes. Um, Paul writes in Colossians, let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Again, an interesting metaphor. you know, some people talk about having salty language. It's probably not that, you know, that, that implies some profanity and edginess. Um, 
And then uh, Jesus also, in the context of uh, counting the cost of being his disciple, if the salt loses its saltiness. So don't go out, build half a tower and realize you don't have enough to build the whole tower. Don't go out and try to uh, engage in war if you don't have enough soldiers. So count the cost. And those are images, count the cost of following me. This is not easy. And then if the salt loses its saltiness. So there's this, this sense of our lives are to be consecrated. Probably these beatitude qualities that we've been looking at are to be in our lives. Uh, the meekness, the, the peacemaking, the, the poverty of spirit, the complete dependence upon God. This is what keeps us salty. Uh, these uh, blessed qualities and virtues and realities would be in us. But there's an implication to the image of salt. You are the salt of the earth. Um, it implies that the world is decaying, right? It, it's, uh, th there's a goodness there, but it's a decaying goodness. So God created the world good, sin spoils it, right? And so the, the, the Christian community, uh, the followers of Jesus, we're the ones that, that are going to, as we embed in, engage in, as we live in the world, as we rub shoulders, our lives are engaged with others, then good things happen. But the implication is the world is decaying. It is dying. And that's important. So we got to hold, hold that there. Okay, so now he goes to, you are the light of the world. Um, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Okay, so some there's some image, probably Isaiah talks about a city being lifted up, uh, God's holy city being lifted up, and the nations will stream to it. Um, that's Isaiah chapter 2. Um, so neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. They didn't have, you know, flip on the switch, and uh, we put our lights in the ceiling. I've got ceiling lights all around. You can see it reflecting off my, off my forehead here. You can see some reflected lights, you know, off of the whiteboard here. And so light reflects it. it we put it high so it can expose, it can, it can reveal, uh, it, it can make visible everything in the house uh, when, the, when the sun goes down. Light is also um, representative of creation and the presence of God. Um, it, it is representative of uh, future salvation and blessing. Again, that same image from Isaiah chapter 2. Um, so these creation themes, these salvation themes uh, are attached to like Jesus in John's gospel later in his ministry. He will say, I am the light of the world. So the degree to which we are in relationship with him, we, Christ's light is shining through us. I think that's what's going on here. And so in the same way, Jesus says, let your light shine uh, before men, before others, <clears throat> that they may see your good deeds. Oh, so, so there's something about our lives that is to be, uh, we're noticed, right? The Apostle Paul picks up on some of this theme. You have been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared in advance that you should do them. Uh, after that 
wonderful passage about you've been saved by grace. So that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And so this notion of being the city on the hill, that, that would probably have reference or an echo or a veiled allusion to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was, you know, built up. You have to ascend up to uh, Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so there's something Jesus is doing here, the, these, this fulfillment theme in Matthew, right? So for, Jesus fulfills the son of David, the son of Abraham, the promises, um, uh, the righteousness uh, that Israel failed to achieve, Jesus does achieve. He passes the test in the wilderness. He's baptized. He goes through the water like Israel went through the water. He gets in the wilderness like they were in the wilderness. Um, and then he begins to announce the kingdom. And so this new community that he's forming, these followers, we know it as the church later. Um, he speaks of it as the church. This is the city. We are the city. So there's something in the life of the Christian community that flavors and preserves and sheds light. But there's another implication here with the light metaphor. The world is in darkness. So the world is decaying, but the world is in darkness. So light enables people to see. So as we engage in uh, our lives and our service and our love and sacrifice out unto the world as we are engaged with neighbors, with communities, etc. Uh, the light shines, but when the light shines, it exposes, it reveals and exposes. And, and, and so there's, there, there's something going on here in these, these two images, salt and light. The church as it comes to be known, right? That, that, that image has not been spoken of uh, yet by Jesus, but now he's speaking to his followers that will band together and become the church. Christians, as we will, will come to be known as. The church, Christians, followers of Jesus, apprentices of Jesus. We have an identity beyond what we may um initially understand about ourselves you are not you will be you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world there is an identity of salt and light which implies that we the followers of Jesus are here for the benefit of others we're here to help preserve and flavor our world we're here to help illumine and reveal and exposed to help people to see. But in, in, in both of these images, the identity of salt and light is an implied, I don't want to say judgment of the world. We are not judging the world, but the world is decaying, the world is in darkness. And so there, there's a twofold effect that, that results from being salt and light. One, People see. <clears throat> um, uh, the, the, the society is preserved, right? Uh, the world, the decaying world, is is strengthened. I mean, try to imagine a world without Christians. If if anytime somebody gets saved, God, you know, beamed them up. Imagine that world without Christians, who who are people of conscience, who understand 
you know, who walk in the fear of the Lord know that their lives are going to be accountable someday, uh, every word, every action. And so we walk with integrity, you know, in, in all of our dealings, our speech and our financial transactions and our care for the poor and the outcast and the lame and, you know, the orphanages and the schools and the hospitals that Christians have built over the years, the, 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 the ways that we've taken people into our hearts and into our homes and into our lives. Not that people who aren't Christians can't do good things, but the Christian church for 2,000 years is marked clearly by a by lives lived for the benefit of others we are preserving this world in fact one could argue that what's happening in our american society we see some of the kind of the chaos what's happening in our schools and the way kind of the 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 the, the morals and standards of our society are starting to flip and turn and get get all topsy turvy you know uh, they're debating in florida whether or not we ought to teach kindergartners through third graders about gender identity and sexual identity. Who thinks that's a good idea? <laughs> and so here we are, you know, there are those who, who are sticking up, standing up for the rights of the poor and children. We're trying to see that children, uh, their lives are preserved and, and, and are healthy. And so the, the Christian church has a, a, a preservative quality. We're living for the benefit of others. Our light enables people to see. They can see. They can be saved through our message, through our witness. All of us have come to salvation through the witness of another, right? Be it a parent, be it a youth leader, be it a coach, be it a co-worker, be it a pastor. However, we have seen the light because there have been Christians in the world to share that light, right? They've been sharing good deeds and sharing the message. So, so there's this, you know, one, one effect of being salt and light is preservation and salvation and, 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 and the, the, the goodness. But there's another effect. Our presence, in some strange way, reminds the world that it is decaying. And, and the world wants to decay. I mean, uh, in John chapter 3, this is the verdict. <laughs> the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. And so through our light, through our witness, through our lives, sin gets exposed. The light that we shine on truth, the arguments that we make for, um, for justice and for grace and for forgiveness and the like ends up exposing the sin of the world. The darkness of the world is exposed, and guess what? We get persecuted. And so just after Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, blessed are those uh, who are spoken falsely uh, of, uh, because of me and are insulted, well, you know why we get insulted? Because we're salt and light. We're engaged in the world. And that's we have to come to grips with that. <clears throat> that the kingdom of God, when it comes, isn't just to beam us aboard. Get me saved. I've got eternity uh, figured out. I've got my salvation ticket in my pocket. I can live how I want. No. When we come to Christ, we are enlisted. We now become the army <laughs> uh, of God. We are the people of God who are fighting for truth and righteousness and grace and and, and salvation. We're fighting to preserve the world. 
uh, to save the world. Well, the world doesn't want to be saved. It wants to revel in its darkness. It does not want to be exposed. And so this was what brings us. So the kingdoms, the kingdom of God in conflict with the kingdom uh, of this world. And so, again, at the outset of, we, we, we hear salt and light and we, we kind of hear these as, these are good things. Yeah, but they bring us into conflict. They bring us into conflict with the world. Now, there are times that Christians have made arguments and have borne witness that has been unwise, that we shake our finger at the world. We are not here to shake our finger at the world. We know that the world is decaying. We know that the world uh, is in darkness. And so it's by our love, our service, our sacrifice, by our being willing to be insulted and not retaliate, by our willing to be falsely spoken of against and not seek revenge, by turning the other cheek. We're going to read that uh, uh, in a little bit. Um when we live differently towards the enemy, this is compelling because what the dark decaying world does when you come to fight it, it fights back. So let's not fight the world. We're not here to fight the world. We're here to save the world. Not, not us, Jesus through us. But let us not have naive understandings of what it means to be salt and light. These are both metaphors that are positive but carry a flip side to it. And people do not always appreciate because um, we confront them. There's a choice that must be made. We, the way we live, um, the way we conduct ourselves becomes a sociological challenge to the world that would love to you know, continue to shake its fist at God as rebels or to, there is no God. The fool says in his heart, there is no God, right? Uh, the, 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 the Psalms say. So, <clears throat> so we'll, we'll close here, but it's, it's understanding that um, God intends for his people, as long as they are alive on this earth, to be giving ourselves, living our lives towards others. Um, when I was in college, read a book, Out of the Salt Shaker, by a woman named Becky Pipper. It was an evangelism book. It said one of the says there's two conversions that happen when somebody comes to Jesus Christ. They're converted away from the world, and and they come to Christ, and then they find the fellowship of the church, and it's such a delightful thing. And she says, this is the salt shaker. The salt of the earth gathers together in fellowship groups and small groups, in worshiping uh, communities and churches and sanctuaries. And the tendency, she said, sadly, is for a lot of Christians to love spending time with each other, to spend all their time in the salt shaker. And so she says there's a second conversion that needs to happen. We need to get out of the salt shaker into the world. So we're converted away from the world, away from its ways and its sin unto the Savior. But then because God wants our, to be salty in the world, we turn back towards the world to be engaged. And so I think primary ministry for Christians is not necessarily serving on a church committee, as important as that is, singing in the choir, as important as that is, but primary ministry is being engaged in your, your workplace, volunteer service, 
in the community where you can your life can be be up against others' lives in a way that that they there's a difference that, that you're living your life with integrity and humility and compassion and kindness. And that helps to preserve and to bear witness into the world. So let us get out of the salt shaker <laughs> and into the world and, and, and be prepared for what happens. Some of the pushback that may come, but we'll be ready for that because Jesus has already told us that's going to happen and we're blessed when it does. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day, this new day, a day full of mercies, uh, fresh this morning. And so as we walk into this day, we, we give thanks for um, your provision in our lives, the shelter, the clothing, uh, the, the food, the relationships, the work, and, and, and being salt and light. And help us, O oh Lord, to never lose our saltiness, to live with that freshness of, of faith and hope and love in Christ. And may that bear witness. May it help to preserve and flavor and reveal your goodness and your glory that, that men and women, boys and girls may give glory. They may come to you, but help us to be ready for the pushback, Lord. And so strengthen us this day with all the graces and gifts of your Holy Spirit as we make our prayer in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray together, saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may Jesus Christ dwell in you with freshness and fullness today that you may be salty, <laughs> that you may be light to all those you come across this day. May it be so now and forevermore. Amen.